David, hello. Good morning. How are you? Well, I got to tell you right now, I've got coffee, and that's a really good thing. <laughs> you know, you seem to be much smarter about this sort of stuff than I am because I am sitting inside a Colorbond garage. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just give you a hint it is not warm in Albury at this time of year. In fact, it is the very opposite of warm. It is freezing cold. Oh. I'm wearing a beanie and gloves. <laughs> Well, I'm inside, con- <laughs> I'm contemplating taking my uh, light hoodie off. Oh, bloody Queenslanders! Yeah, oh. but that's that's the nature of, of you know winter at the moment, isn't it? Like, sure, it'll be cold for you for about ten seconds, um, and then it won't be cold for you. Oh no! I wish no. See, Albury seems to have this this wonderful uh, ger- you know, topographical feature that somehow means that we get fog. That sort of sits there, I don't know, maybe, maybe twenty meters up in the air, and it and it just sits there for hours and hours and hours. So we don't actually see the sun sometimes yes. until maybe midday, and then maybe it'll warm up a bit. Yeah, but, but in the if, meantime, if you're going to live in a hole, Dave, <laughs> I know, Stephen, but no one will pay me to not do Ooh. much work anywhere else in Australia. No, and I hear that. Look, we're we're going through some consternation. I think we've talked before about the fact about that the my, house. Well, no, no, the house kind of is surviving at this point, um, but it needs a paint and there's that sort of stuff. No, no, the the consternation that new job is great mm-hmm. and I'm loving it. Yep. But uh, I took a sizable chunk of pay cut to uh, take yeah. up job, mm-hmm. and we have been experiencing. Uh, look, how do I put this delicately? some shit with mm. our car um, that it's now at like sort of 97,000 Ks. And right. the theory being that if we hang on to it, we know we're gonna, we've been lucky, honestly. Like we have a, a, a Captiva and we know that we've been lucky to this point to not say, have had... If you've got a Captiva that's got 97,000 Ks on it, you've been very lucky. Original engine, <laughs> right? Like it's... And that's it, original engine, original gearbox. Um, mm. We've been lucky we've gotten this far with it. I, like, I understand <laughs> you, you, that. You're, you know what you are? You're like the, like the team at Wheels who gave <laughs> the Car of the Year award to the Chimera. They must have seen, like, the only good Chimeras that were ever built in Australia. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened, eh? Um, so we're, we, we've been sort of... We started looking at a car earlier this year and then and we went and we sort of started to do a deal with the, uh, with the car yard and they gave us an obscene trade. Like, not good obscene, like, offensive trade figure for the car. Now, I know it's a Captiva, and I know it's got nearly 100,000 kilometres on it, but it's in good nick. And while I know that Red Book is just a guide, it was up less than half. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel's parents bought a new car last week. Mm. They had, uh, like, a, a Commodore something or other. Uh, like, I don't know how old it is, yeah. maybe, maybe seven or eight years old. Toyota Lexan. And, and no, not, not that old, <laughs> like seven, maybe seven or eight years, maybe not even that. But the the, the, uh, the used car person literally told them to take it to the metal recycler. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, like, won't you give us something for it? He's like, nah. 
<laughs> well, not even is, remotely interested. And this is my fear, is that if we hang on to this car and pay all of the monies to keep it running, that we're going to be in a position two, three, five years' time when we need to get rid of it, that um, they'll just do exactly that. They'll say, no, 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 don't leave that here. Mm. Like, there's a dumping ground just up the road where you can park the car and walk away. Um, so we're in the position where we're going, we have, like, we're in that joyous position of, well, do we keep the car and roll the dice on it or do we suck it up and get new car? where we know we're going to get average trade for it, but that we just kind of have to wear that. Mm. Um, and it's not a good place to be because it just tightens the budget screws a little more. And I'm like, oh, I don't need this. I, I feel like I've almost always lost when it comes to, to, to cars. Um, uh, well, we've written a couple off, so that didn't help. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's my dream right now, is that somehow, without you know my wife and the kids in the car, it gets totaled. Mm. And we just have the uh, insurance agency go, here is the money. And we just go, thank you. Start parking it outside of high-rise uh, construction sites, oh. just on the off chance that a crane might drop something. Oh. <laughs> but, like, parking it on train tracks. Uh, yeah, we... I, I've just always seem to have been a bad judge of when it's time to just ditch the car. Mm. Uh, and by, by the time we sort of get rid of stuff that's like a little bit problematic, it's usually way too mm-hmm. late. We've spent way too much money on it. Yeah. So I, so I'm really fortunate now that that uh, I was given the option to take a a work car, which just removes. It, it, oh yeah. It just removes stress. It's yep. so that like. Like the financial side of it is is a, is secondary to the just not having to think about it. Or just at everything all. becomes someone else's problem. Yeah, it's great. It's making a noise, someone else's problem. It yeah. needs fuel, someone else's problem. I have to get it service, someone else's problem. Tires, someone else's problem. Car breaks down, someone else's problem. I have mm-hmm. to drive somewhere. Well, that's my problem. Yep. But I'm not paying for any of it. No. So oh, we 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 actually did go down the the new car route for Rach. Mm at the end of last year because we because her car which wasn't all that was promised when it was <laughs> sold to us <laughs> and left us with a very sour taste in our mouth about one dealer um they started to tell us stories about th- things that were supposedly going wrong with it but which there was no actual evidence for and yeah. like the more i looked up what they were saying oh it's got this and this problem and i'd like so i went no, i'll do some research and According to everything on the internet, if it had those problems, it would be practically undrivable because the engine would be like trying to jump oh, out of the bonnet, gosh. and it wasn't doing any of that. And it's just like, I, I don't know whether you're just, you know, getting in early and seeing some early warning signs mm. that, that that there is no like there's no evidence of. This is a get out of jail free card. Take or it if you're just bullshitting me, so we we just did we we did what anyone would do and we traded it in on something else. Mm. <laughs> So that's, I mean, I don't want to bang on about it, but it just, it bothers me that, is this me? Am I about to have a grumpy old man moment? Um, <laughs> I don't know, are you? <laughs> it bothers me that it's 2017 and cars have become so commodified that they're disposable. Mm. You know, like we've had this, the crap Tiva for, mm, I'm going to say, be just over five years. Mm-hmm. And... Which, you know, 100,000 kilometres, five years, that kind of equals out, right? That's about pretty standard. Yep. And it's... Not, not out of the ordinary. But it's... it's 
like there's just so many things that we can go, well, that's a problem. Oh, this is an issue. Like even to the point where we took it to Holden recently because there was um, a problem with the seat, like the seat base was broken and we knew we had to go to Holden because everywhere else would just go to Holden. We went to Holden and there was a couple of other niggly things that um, my wife sort of was having issues with, like um, when you opened up the GPS you know, in the, the display thing, the time and date were flashing. It wasn't showing up properly. Um, and, it, you know, we figured it needed a map update and those sorts of things. So we asked them to check that stuff out as well. And we also noticed that the rear windscreen wiper, when you turn it on, sometimes it wouldn't go on. Or once you turn it on, it would go on and then you turn it off and it would keep going. Um, and randomly stop. And, and, and don't you always love it when something as simple as an on or off switch doesn't actually oh. turn things reliably on or off? <laughs> this is great. And that's right. And in the old days, you know, you would get under the dash and pop the thing out and check the soldered connections into the back of that switch and chase the cable. And you might even do a cable test to see if there was an intermittent break in the cable and just go, okay, we need to either replace the cable or no, I just need to resolder this or no, it's a dicky connection here. Get on with life. Um, so, to Holden's credit, and it wasn't the service agent that did this, I had to complain on the internet. <laughs> yes. That um, the seat base was broken and needed replacing at the cost, including labour, of $1,200. Which just seems obscene. <laughs> given the valuation that we had just been given to trade our car, that was over a tenth. <laughs> Oh, it's no. the seat base and it's over a tenth of the car. That's Get crazy. out of my face. Um, so I complained on the internet and to their credit, Holden reached out to me and they said, oh, look, you know, we, we tell us what the problem is and what, do you have a, like a, where are you servicing it, blah, blah, blah. And they chased up with the, the, the Holden dealer at the place that was getting serviced and uh, they let us know within sort of 36 hours, look, we'll be uh, covering the full cost of that part and the, the uh, service to, to get it fitted and I was like that's that's super generous guys thank you and I know that some people got mad at me and said that's the least that they should be doing clearly there's some kind of fault or uh, failure or something blah 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 and you need to take them to task go look I'm not I'm not a, a real I'm not a real pain in the bum you know like I know some people complain better than others and for me even to make a thing of it on the internet and for them to even see it it's a skill. It's a, it's a particular skill that some people have. Oh yeah, and, and and I'm I'm not great at it either. I I am more of the fume and just have nothing to do with you ever again yes. type. And, and maybe way after the fact, then complain about it. But at the time, that 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 first no that I get, I find it very difficult to then come back and go, well, yeah. have you thought about not saying no? Well, this is where you and my wife would get on because she she's like super, pol- well, okay. If that's, she would say to them and go, really? Oh, okay. And then come home and just unload. Can't believe it's this much. Blah, blah, blah. It's horrible and blah, blah. We have to get rid of this car. Yes, darling. I know we do. Um, anyway, so they do that and, and they're looking at these other things for us and they tell us, look, you know, it's no problem. The, the problem with the GPS time date thing is just an update. We can apply that. That's no issue. Um, we won't even charge you for that. Thank you, Mr. Service Manager. Um, in relation to the, the map updates, um, good news, this proprietary map system that is in your car isn't being updated anymore. 
ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went, hang on, the car is five years old. This is your system and you're not updating it. What the hell? And they said, oh, it just gets too expensive to update these things. And I just I had to, I stopped and listened. And I paused and I said <laughs> back to him and I said, so let me understand this. Your proprietary system. Which in, costs thousands of dollars as an option still. That's right. In your car I uh, that we bought from you, I can't get an update to it, even though it's only five years old. I have computers that are older than this car that are still receiving updates. <laughs> what is happening? I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, that's just how it is. Oh, well, look, I can deal with that. If that's what it is and I have to drive through the bush sometimes. I mean, we don't even use it anymore, to be frank. <laughs> But it was the it, for me. It was the point. Right? Say, it's all about the principle. Oh, at this point. But then this was the kicker, right? We asked them to investigate this rear wiper switch that just sort of worked intermittently. Yeah. And they did check it out, and I, I, not that I didn't expect them not to charge us, but of course the report was we couldn't get it to not work. Oh God. And it took us an hour of our time to tell you that. <laughs> like, I know, I'm, look, I'm going to try really hard, Dave, after last time when I was got very sweary. I'm not going to swear. Um, but holy snapping balls of a duck. Like, to, to, to be told, we can't find the problem. Can you bring it in when it happens? And I decided, but it's intermittent. It's a fault that happens sometimes. And there's no set, like, I can't replicate it. There's no set conditions that it occurs under. Like, this is 25 years of an IT support career playing into this. Like, it, <laughs> it gets on my wife's nerves no end. When she tells me something goes wrong, I say, can you replicate it? What happened? <laughs> How did it, can you make it happen again? How did it happen? In what conditions does it happen? I go through all of those troubleshooting, just in, like, when it comes to the sink isn't working. Or, you know, there's something, something isn't right. Um, anyway, so that... And, but that they charged me their hourly rate for, I'm going to say, their first year apprentice to turn the ignition on and test the rear wiper, maybe for five minutes. An hour, Dave. An hour. Mm, uh -oh. oh, I just was delivered. <laughs> to the point we're never buying a Holden again. And up until up until we got the, the Craptiva, died in the wool Holden man. Like you would have been hard pressed to get me to drive anything else. Well, there you go. See, whereas, see, well, our family, I think I told you, we, we sold Holdens for, for decades. Yes. And I think I've only owned two and have no plans to change that anytime soon. <laughs> I've actually owned more Subarus than I have Holdens, which we also sold, to be mm. fair. Sure. Yeah. Actually, and I've now, I don't know, I've only had, two, actually, yeah, and I've had two Fords now as well. Can I ask, yeah. is it common in car yard land mm -hmm. for specific maker alliances to, like, you know, you see some car yards that are owned by, you know, the, the company and they've got a Ford dealership and a this dealership and a that dealership, all kind of on the one lot, all yep. like sectioned out. Is that common, or are there specific alliances around, well, if you are a Holden dealer, then you can only, like, deal these other kind of... Like, you would never have uh, a Gork Roger Ford, Gork Roger Holden... No, so that... ...across the that, road from each other. That 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 didn't happen, mm. um, and I, I, I think basically... What's the politics of car yards, Dave? Well, see, this is the thing, it varies a lot. Mm. See, 
uh, back in the early 80s, the, the same distributor had Audi, Volkswagen, and Subaru. Yes. So you could not get one without the other two. So yeah. for a brief time in the early 1980s, our little rural Holden dealership that sold lots of Subarus mm. was also an Audi dealership. <laughs> so we, would get, like, we would get all these Audi brochures. Like I remember as a kid, we had all these um, bro- brochures for like Audi Quattros and stuff oh, like that, which wow. I was like, these are amazing. Yes, <laughs> like, Dad, get one of these. When for... are we getting one of these? Yeah. The answer was never. Never. And the, uh, the downside to that too was... Um, yeah, we we also had to try to you know, push Volkswagens every now and again. Sure. So for a while, we had this little... back before they were cool too. Oh, we had this little yellow, non-turbo diesel oh. Golf, right? And yeah. it was the and the most... boxy one too, like yeah, back when it... they were square. It was hideous, and we couldn't sell it, so that became Dad's demonstrator. So that was the end of becoming Dad's car, <laughs> and he hated it. It oh, was I can imagine. the worst thing. And it was like a real, uh, you know, real poverty pack diesel engine, so it was mm. gutless. And yeah, so thankfully at some point the distributors changed there, um, and we were able to just hang on to Subaru without having to worry the about other the other stuff. ones. But um, it's funny because see, even within uh, the Volkswagen group now, um, you don't often see Audi, Volkswagen, and Skoda um, with the same dealers. They're usually split up. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it all just comes down to you know what's available and how the territories map out and they're all a bit you know, all a bit different but um, yeah it's I, I think it's less hard and fast than it probably was previously and, and that's all to do usually with the um, with with the manufacturers themselves like a Ford manufacturer like sure. Ford do not want you to have Holden on the lot oh, as well understandable right. Um, you know, but if you're having something else that they don't see as a competitor, well, they don't care. Fine, go go for your life. And and what ended up happening, part part of the reason that, that became uh, less of a problem over time was as the, um, the the bigger companies lost their overwhelming market share, mm. it was just impossible to turn around to the dealers and say, no, you can't put smaller brands on the lot. Yeah, like try me. I have to make some money here. Exactly. Like especially when. Um, you know, uh, Hyundai and, and Kia really yeah. started making a big, big dent in the market. Like for um, for Ford and Holden, uh, especially, like selling a small car became almost impossible. Um, whereas before, it was just like, well, if you want a small car, <laughs> here are your choices. You can mm, have this uh, one, that bar- one, or this one. You can have a Barina or a, a Laser, or and there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, times changed. I mean, even to the point now where, look, it is 2017, but you can, you can buy a car, like a new car, you can buy it off the internet, you know? Like, go to Tesla's website and order a car. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's amazing. It, but even to the point where, you, you know, you, your newer, newer manufacturers, um, like your Kia and like your um, Grand Dragon, what are they called? Great Wall. Great Wall, yep. There's so little options. It's pick a model, pick a colour. Mm. While while I know they don't do that, you can buy it on the internet stuff. Reasonably, you could. Like, I want that one, and I want it in this color. And for Kia, it's like that's your only option. Which model do you want, and what color do you want it in? And if it's anything but white, it costs you five hundred bucks. And I think part of what's holding that sort of stuff back is also uh, 
is just like trying to support the dealerships. Is, is mm. there's a little bit of artificial scarcity built in, and like de- yep. so de- dealers have to order stuff well in advance. Uh, and then, of course, if you walk in through the door and you go, "Well, I want this one," and they yes. haven't got it on the floor, well, then their only real option is either say, "Well, either you can order that and wait, mm. yes. which could be months." Mm. Or we can have a look around, see if someone else has got something that's close to that in stock. Yes. Um, in and then uh, we'll try to do a swap with them to get that. But of course, that's all contingent on the other person being willing Open to release to, that. Yeah, dropping it. Yeah. And if the thing that you've got you, that you want is something that's in you know, relatively high demand, that other dealership might have no interest <laughs> in handing it over. So it's you know it, it's supporting that network and, and that business model mm. um, that sort of places these limitations and i think the other thing too is you know with the tesla there is obviously you order it and you have a wait oh yeah but, for sure it's but you're probably from nicaragua or wherever he makes them <laughs> you talk you're talking about a market though that i think where um people probably are, are willing to willing to wait for that as a premium product yes um, at least you know at least a little while as opposed to it's very, very hard to convince someone that they should wait three months to get a, a like a, a Kia hatchback just because mm. you, they haven't got the, the colour that you want. It's like, nah, no. Actually, this was, that was the interesting thing. When we first, like a few months ago, went looking at, you know, trading the car, like, fair enough. Test drive, do the things, blah, blah, blah. Now, we hadn't said we were interested in their demo. You know, we said we want to buy a new car. We didn't say what mm. deal could you do us on that and pointed at the demo or anything like that. When the, the salesman first came back to us to said, so are we understand? Here's the trade we're going to offer you, offended. Um, and then, and here's, so here's the price on this car. We looked at it and went, hang on, that's the demo. Like, because it had the registration already on it. And I was like, what? He said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, no, hang about. I said, I want to buy a new car, but I don't want to pay this, like, exclusively horrible $4,000 de- on-road dealer delivery rubbish. Like, if your sales model is that poor, don't come at me with the, oh, so we're going to, like, slide of hand, bait and switch stuff. Uh, okay, Dave. <laughs> yes, Stephen. This dealer delivery bollocks, right? Yes, yes. I know that there is, we have to register the car. Correct. There that is, costs this is money. True. I yep. understand that. Mm-hmm. And there is stamp duty. I understand yep. that. Mm-hmm. Which, given that we now make no cars in Australia, is in itself ludicrous, as is the luxury car tax. But that's a whole, look, before this becomes the wheels conversation of the year, um, <laughs> I get those things. Mm. But once I take the stamp duty cost out and I take the, you know, register my car cost out, there's no way, there is no way that those two things add up to four grand. Just for um, you to get some kid to come along and wipe a, a, a chamois across the Duco and spray new car smell in the car. And you, you, you've got to get it to the dealer, so you've got to pay a bit of money to... But that's a dealer problem. That sounds like whoever. a dealer problem, not a, I'm going to buy your car problem. Eh, not really. <laughs> so, like, every dealer's going to be charged to to tri- to uh, ship the car from, you know, wherever it's been, whichever port it's been dumped at. And I acknowledge that, but so when that, the yeah. car costs, let's pick a number, $35,000, mm-hmm. either slip it into that $35,000 cost and don't tell me about it, 
or raise the cost of all your cars by all this dealer delivery bollocks. Because if I'm coming to you to buy a new car, and then you go, oh, by the way, there's these additional costs stamped, you do understand, registration, I understand, everything else is rubbish. But see, that, but they, that's when, it's just a sleight of hand though, because when you sort of say, oh, you don't want that, it's, you know, make the price higher. Well, they do. That's where every time you see a, this is the driveway, no more to pay price, they have, yeah. they have slipped that in. And chances are, sometimes you actually end up paying more with a driveway price because... They oh, you can take, do if you're not careful, yeah. Because they, they have to take into account, well, no, even ones that are advertised, because they have to account for the different cost bases nationwide to make sure that no one who sells this car um, goes backwards. So therefore, if you're at a dealer who has a relatively low cost base, they actually make more profit on that than they otherwise would if they were doing dealer delivery. But it's the thing is, it's a pain. We want to stick a price. We want to say, it's this much. Give it to me. We want to get a, a realistic price for our trade-ins, which you never, ever are going to no, do. No, not for a second, yeah. And it's... It's just horrible. It, Dave, like, I don't walk win. into I don't walk into JB Hi-Fi and go, hmm, that is a nice copy of Destiny 2 that I would like to purchase for the Xbox One. Uh, the sticker price here says $100. Um, can I purchase this from you? And they go, yes, you can, kind sir. Please walk this way. In fact, today we we're offering a special Destiny 2 discount where you can buy that for $90. That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, that, that price is, of course, including GST. Yes, that is the law, sir. We have to include GST in the price. Great. Get to the cash register, and they go, now, would you like the disc with that? <laughs> and if I say no, they go, well, here's your case. It's $90. <laughs> what? Like, I'm sorry. I can't walk into a car yard and go, oh, great. This new car is going to cost me $10,000. But as soon as I add in the steering wheel, the engine, the gearbox, and all the seats... It's going, like, get stuffed. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly how it works, Stephen. <laughs> it's just, it's... You, it's you, 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 need, you need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> just not happy. I'm not happy with the car industry today. Oh, <laughs> what is oh. happening in my life? <laughs> well... Let, let's let, let's talk about something that, 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 that's, that's nicer. Let's talk about the time that you weren't paid for six months oh. by a cruise company. <laughs> These conversations are just about making me angry. Um. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, oh. let, let, look, let's start with first principles. Sure. Now, you, you are an IT nerd man, so yeah. I'm going to guess that when you say you worked for a cruise company, mm. you weren't actually on a boat. Well, here's the thing, right? It was, and because it comes down to the timing as well. I had just finished up a year contract with um, an education provider. Um, and that was fine in and of itself. Like it was only ever a contract, a year long contract. Sure. However, it had been mentioned a number of times throughout the year that rolling that contract over would be just no worries at all. Um, and then when it got to sort of a month out from my contract, I sort of started saying, um, so uh, are we doing anything with this? And I just got told, you know, you're finishing on date. And I went, oh, thanks. Um, and that was just before Christmas, just as a kicker. So Lovely. finish finished contract, come into the new year. Uh, and, at, oh, well, I can't even say as you would know, Dave, because you've only ever had like a half a job your entire life. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, you've never had to really look for a job. When it comes to re recruiting, and this is what I've learned, particularly in an IT context, recruiting shuts down over Christmas. 
unless mm-hmm. you're in retail and that's it's just not we're not even talking to anyone because everyone goes on holidays so if you don't have a job by the middle of november you are not getting a job until about february mm-hmm. you just have to ride that sucker out so okay that's fine we'll ride this out and i get to february and i'm applying and applying and applying and i'm not getting any bites i'm not getting any traction blah 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 and uh i was telling um this guy at the church that i, I go to that I was looking for um, a job and that I was doing this. And he said, oh, well, look, I've got this great new opportunity that I think actually you'd be really good for. And I went, oh, okay, so talk to me. And he said, I'm starting a cruise company. <laughs> okay, I'm starting a cruise company. But right. it's, not, it's not just like a, let, let's get, you know, a ship that holds 1,500 people or whatever. It was going to be a higher end, you know, not only ever 300 passengers smaller cruise ship still a big cruise ship um but uh, you know sort of luxury cruising for people that have more money and, and targeting a different market right and i went okay well that that's boutique cruising sure and and i've got to tell you it was around 2000 and i'm going to say 11 ish maybe 2010 <laughs> right. so it is before to, to his credit he saw cruising picking up he, and he, he said this is but, but hang on this is also just like in the Still in the wake of the global financial crisis. One hundred percent. Like one hundred percent. Now, I, and I, I don't, I don't share this story as if to say I, 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 I put way too much hope into this opportunity to start with, in that I just saw it as solving a problem for me, um, you know, because as you'll come to hear, massive promises made. Okay, so. Um, that happens, and he says, so come and work for me. And I went, oh, okay, well, we should talk about this. What do you want me to do? And, and it started out with, well, you can be our chief technical officer and be in charge of all of the IT things because we want to solve issues like how can we get decent internet speeds onto the boat and, and what do we do about our entertainment and, and as far as technical sides of delivering all of that content on the boat and those kinds of things. Well, okay, that's, you know, there's some good solutions and I've got good contacts and I know that I can work that out. Great, no problem. Um, and I said, so we should talk about how much you want to pay me. And he said, well, look, I reckon, you know, cause it's a, a sea level job, probably start you at 180. And I went, sure. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, you I'm, go for it. <laughs> that's what I said to him, to his face. Meanwhile, inside like physical gymnastics, $180,000. Yes, yep. please. I'll take yep. all of that money and run. Okay, great. So when do you want me to start, start Monday? Okay, and, and do we have offices and says, No, that's the first job I want you to do. I want you to help me. He said, because I'm busy, you know, working with all sorts of things and, you know, trying to get stuff sorted and settled and dealing with lawyers and stuff. Um, I want you to find us offices. That I can do. I, I have some contacts in that, you know, in real estate. So I can, commercial real estate, I can help do those sorts of things. Is there a particular area? Blah, 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 great. So I start on that process. Start the calls on the Monday. Piece of cake. For all intents and purposes, I'm working on this. Can, can I can I just jump ahead? Mm-hmm. Did a boat ever go out with paying passengers on it? Oh, look, let me. That is that is the icing on a great bit of cake. Let me. <laughs> oh God. So on day two, I said, mm. "Should I sign a contract, um, an employment contract with you or something?" He said, "Oh, look, we don't. I don't have anything of that work out yet. I'm working with a HR." company and, and we're trying to get all those things sorted okay sure no worries um where do i like what i do with my bank details and stuff he said look when i get the money in i'll pay you 
Now, this wasn't oh, a guy oh, that I didn't know, and this wasn't <laughs> a guy that I saw, you know, once and he left town. I yep. saw him every Sunday. Yeah. I went, oh, hang on. What do you mean when you get the money? He said, oh, look, I'm dealing with an investor overseas who is, um, you know, channeling the money. He's going to get it to me. Uh, oh, and, like, the first, the first delivery of cash is $200 million. And with that, we're going to buy the boat, load it outright. He sent me all of the, the specs of the boat. They were buying this um, secondhand. Because I guess that's how it works ultimately in the business. You know, you either yep. buy the first thing or you get something that's, you know, not totally dead, but still workable. They found a boat. And this other guy that he worked with specialized in luxury cruising in the Mediterranean. So this yeah. guy was independently wealthy, had made a whole bunch of money. Was He was being paid as uh, Rod's executive, um, like, uh, contracting kind of guy, some special title he had for him, but he was basically feeding in the money and finding an investor. They had an investor. It was all going to happen. They were going to get the boat, fit it out, um, do all the things they needed to, you know, glorious, you know, first cruise back to Australia, and then it was just going to be cruising around Australia. That's all it was going to be. So Great Barrier Reef, cross the Northern Territory, do circumnavigation stuff, all very luxury, blah, blah, blah. Cool. It sounds, very, it sounds fantastic, Mark. It, 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 it does sounds sound like amazing. a dream. It does. Um, so he said, we've been promised um, the first half of that $200 million, uh, next Friday. So as soon as that comes in, we'll set it all out, we'll, we'll get our stuff all organised, blah, blah, blah. I'll make sure that you've got access to the cash and you know, that we can do all of the things. Oh, no worries. So look, this, is, this is sounding pretty good, Steve. Like $100 million, just a week away, big salary. Mm, big salary. HR and, and, department, just working out that contract for you. It's great. And, and so uh, it, this goes on for a number of weeks. The oh, money's no. coming Wednesday. The money's coming next Tuesday. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's, he's sweating on the cash as well, right? Like he is strung out. He's had personal loans from people at church who have given him money that he's effectively sold them percent equity in the company um, for this money that they've lent him so that he and his family can survive. Oh, no. um, oh yeah, and I didn't learn this until much later in the game. Um, and in fact, after three months of me doing this, it just sort of look, I just believed him. The money will come. You know, he's, he, <coughs> sorry, forward, forwarded me emails from the investor guy that he had met. Like he had flown overseas, sat down across from and, had, like it, so it wasn't like some imaginary dude on the internet. They'd had a conversation. He hadn't paid him anything either because he's like, no, no, my fee will come out as a percentage of the delivery, blah, blah, blah. And, and Rob's like, that's fine. You know, that, that's the deal. You're, you're helping us find the guy. That's the situation. Um, and then sort of three months in, he went, actually, there's a whole bunch of extra responsibility that I want you to take on, Steve. Um, so I'd actually, I'd actually like to make you our operations manager. Um, Okay, okay, what will that involve? And he said, just everything you're doing plus a whole bunch more. And because that's the case, I want to raise your salary. We'll make it, a, we'll just round it up to 250. We'll give you a car. We'll do a whole bunch of stuff. We'll give your wife a car. All of those sorts of things. So, it's sitting pretty. Oh, dude, it just got better, right? I just got a $70,000 pay rise for doing exactly what I was doing and got told I was getting a car and all of those sorts of things. So, I, I just started looking just instantly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I managed, because I had a holding fascination, went to the, there was a HSV R8 wagon um, that was available at the local holding dealer and 
Michelle and I were out one day and we popped in. I'd seen it online. We took it for a test drive. And Dave, mm. it's an amazing car. <laughs> it is an amazing car. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess it's not not very much like a Captiva. No. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So, I reckon that's the thing. And so, I got the details from it and blah, blah, blah. And he was um, overseas at that point. So, I sent him a text and said, hey, look, Rod, I think I found the kind of car that I want. Um, you know, I'm pretty happy with this. Uh, I sent him the link, sent him the details. And he said, yep, do it. Like, put down the deposit. We'll have the money next week. We'll be able to pay for the whole thing outright and be done. Um, so I go back. So that was in the car. I go back into the sales guy. I said, look, hey, I, I've got the go-ahead from my boss. Um, what deposit do you require? And he said, look, normally it's a 1000 bucks." And I said, yeah, look, I, I don't have that right now. Uh, but when the money, you know, next week I'll be able to come in and pay for the whole thing with a bank check. Just outright bang done. And he said, look, well, I need to take something. So 100 You know, if you give us 100 bucks now... We'll secure it for you, and then yeah, next week, come and give us the cash. So I bought a Holden um, R8 wagon <laughs> for a hundred dollars. Do you think maybe some of your current problems are like car yard karma <laughs> coming back to haunt you? Oh, no, no. I have a feeling that there's not an <laughs> there's not an R8 in your garage, is there? There is not. <laughs> um, and that was all fine. And I said, look, here's. Here's my details. Like I was, it was super upfront. I I was just basically spewing out all the detail that I'd been given. This yep. is this is yep, the company, yep. and my boss will probably come come and talk to you, look for a car, and those sorts of things. And um, so Rod comes back. He's like, yeah, no, it looks really great. I'd send him photos, and, and he was excited. I was excited. I said, well, what are you going to get? He said, oh, I was looking at uh, at this Audi, blah blah blah. And okay, that that sounds pretty amazing. Um, the next week we had a, a visit to a place, a couple of places that I found with um, a commercial real estate guy. We went and had a look and we found this this perfect place that we would have outgrown. Like if I think about it logically now, we would have outgrown in about 10 minutes. Um, right. But given that it was, he was saying, when we start, we're gonna have about eight employees. We'll continue to develop it. Of course, our land-based operations aren't gonna be much because the majority of stuff is going to be uh, on the boat, you know? So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be able to just focus around that. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that's whatever you, whatever you tell me, we'll make that be a thing. Um, and across the road from this one place that we saw, that was the, the bomb, was an Audi dealership. And he just oh. sort of pointed, he said, hey, see that one? That's the one I'm going to get. And went, that looks pretty amazing. He said, yeah, yeah. And, and next time, after you've, you know, in, in three years' time, when you're done with this car, we'll just get you to walk over there and pick which one you want, and off we go. So he was selling a big game, Dave. It was, it's, it, it, it sounded pretty exciting at this point, Stephen. Now, to add some colour to this, because I had been unemployed for sort of three or four months mm. and not really knowing what to do, um, a friend of mine pointed out a, I guess you would call it a, a competition that Microsoft Global were running called Career Factor, where they were trying to find, I think it was eight people from different areas of IT where Microsoft's training products could help them improve or develop their skills or get advances in their life okay, yeah. and i had applied for this at like at the 11th hour like literally a friend of mine talked me into it at 10 30 at night when it closed at midnight australia time right so i had an hour and a half to put put together my application film my video and send all the stuff in and i think it finished uploading at like 11 50 like you know <laughs> that kind of situation I sent it off, didn't even think of it, anything else, because then, you know, sort of three weeks, a month later, I'm doing stuff with this guy. 
anyway, get contacted by Microsoft. They said, congratulations, we'd love you to be a part of this. Um, and they kind of were pitching it as a reality show where there was like different people said it was the programmer, there was the expert, there was the um, Microsoft Office um, person, that kind of thing. And I'd, yeah. been, I'd been picked as the, um, I, like the unemployed person or the, you know, the person wanting to develop their career. Right. Okay. You know, so, look, so, so, so your, your current misfortune actually worked in your favour? Well, in, in part. But so you're ready for this. So in that, not only did I win um, sort of a little bit of notoriety around it in the Microsoft community and, and like a pretty half-decent um, video camera handheld video camera thing like a little like the size of an iPhone but twice as thick to oh, film like, like a flip yeah exactly like a flip yep um, but a Kodak but branded good. one <laughs> yep um, so I had to film vlogs every week and we had sort of regular online meetings and talk about how the process was going and now by the time I'd learnt this and they'd said because I'd applied you know as the unemployed guy yep. guys I've actually I've actually scored a job as the, the CTO for this cruise company went, that's that's perfect you know <laughs> that's a that's a pretty great uh, yeah, a pretty great success story for Microsoft training I've gone from being unemployed to being a CTO that's right chief technical oh. so that's fine no worries at all we'll put that on your name tag and stuff so that when you come over to TechEd North America um, you, part of your story is getting oh, this cool. job and that sort of stuff so Amazing. So they flew us over to Atlanta yeah. like from all over the world. Like I think I came the furthest. Um, there obviously were a bunch of Americans and, and Canadians in it, but there was a uh, someone that came from two people that came from the UK. Someone that came from uh, I'm going to say Turkey. I think is where Rebecca came from, uh, and I came from Australia. And we met, and we were like this instant little family. It was it, honestly, it was so great, Dave hanging out with those people for a week. Now, in that process, right, flying over to thing, they said, look, Mike, we've budgeted for um, cattle class seats for everybody. And I went, oh, um, I'm coming from the other side of the world, and that's that. okay. Well, thank you very much. That's wonderful. Is there a chance of maybe getting an upgrade or, you know, maybe arriving a day earlier so that I can, you know, get my feet because jet lag will kill me and those sorts of things. Okay, okay, we can arrange that. We'll, give, we'll, we'll get you in a day earlier than everybody else. Um, it turned out it was two days earlier than everyone. So I had like, I arrived on a day, had a free day, and then everyone arrived the next day. Um, but no, we can only fly your cattle, fly your economy. And I mm-hmm. said to my boss, hey, look, do you mind can, flying over this? Can, can, I, can I upgrade and pay for it and just get reimbursed? He said, yeah, yeah, it's a business expense. Just just pay for the upgrade. Oh, God. Um, oh, and you know, when the money comes in, we'll reimburse you and that sort of thing. I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, Thanks no. so much, man. So I paid to upgrade, admittedly, not to business, only to um, premium economy. Yep. But that was killer in and of itself, right? Like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, flew over to Atlanta, had a great time in Atlanta. We had lots of fun on the convention floor and lots of different things to go to. Of course, as part of the process, I got lots of Microsoft training for free that I could just go online and do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I served it up a bit. Um and, uh, you know, we, the group of us got to hang out a fair bit. So we would go out to dinner or go to a thing. And anyway, we're hanging out at this thing before. I can't remember. I think it was like the night of the party. And we've all gone out to dinner. And having a great time at this seafood restaurant in, in Atlanta. Like, Atlanta was amazing. I, if, I, if I ever get back to America, I want to go to Atlanta again because I have such fond memories of this place. It was incredible. Um, 
Anyway, we've had a great time. Everyone's eating and drinking and blah, blah, blah. And I've gone, look, I've come into some money. You know, this amazing job. This mm-hmm. is a business meeting. I, I'll just sneak off and pay for this and get reimbursed. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be fine. I'm sure. Yep. Like, I totally can validate this for Rod. Oh, Everything God. else has been covered. So I drop, I think, honestly, I think it was like 350 American dollars for the okay. 12 of us that have eaten dinner and had wine and all that. That's right. Oh, I was holding my breath there because I, I, I was worried that that was going to be a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, well, look, let me tell you, 350 American dollars, I couldn't afford but paid for it. Had, we all, everyone was like, they all said, oh, how do we start giving it up? And uh, the waiters came and said, oh, no, it's already been paid for. And they're like, what? I said, oh, I'm like, so guys, no, look, it's really wonderful to meet you and hang out. Let's think of it as my gift to you. It's great. Let's have a good time. And we did. We had an amazing time. Fly home. So I've got some expenses piled up for this, of course, the upgrade cost and the rest of it. Yep, yep. And I sort of say, hey, when's the money coming? Um, Oh, no, no, it's, it's still being held up and you know, there's some stuff. We can't just shift $200 million, $100 million. Oh, so it's going to take some time and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, I keep swallowing the story. Um, in the meantime, I turn on my phone getting back from overseas and I've got like five missed calls, sorry, 15 missed calls, three missed voicemails and a bunch of texts from the car yard guy going, so when are you coming to get the car? Oh, God. And I went, oh, look, look, there's been a hold-up. I'm really sorry about this. I have just been overseas. I've got back. I'll, I will try and sort this out for you. We'll get this sorted by the end of the month. Uh, great. Okay, no worries. Thanks for reaching out, Steve. We appreciate it. And while I was away, my welcome pack from HSV had arrived. Oh. <laughs> with my, like, personalized um, hat, um, uh, what do you call it, playing cards, notepads, <laughs> pens, key ring. And because, of course, the, 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 the catchphrase for HSV at that point was, I just want one. Yep. And, of course, like the, 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 all the paraphernalia you get is like your name. So Steve's just got one and a oh picture God. of the car. Oh, God. <laughs> so all that's arrived and I've gone, oh, this is amazing. I thought, no, I'll, I'll put it all just back in the packet. And when I get the car, I'll be able to pull it out because it's not really mine yet and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so five months later, when um, like, have you have you just been living off two minute noodles the whole time? Or? Uh, look, we we had been very generously supported by my mother and father in law, who were lending us money that we still owe them. Oh, the truth! Like we're still paying them back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it was diabolical, and an obscene amount of money that they lent us to survive. Um. And all the while, collecting, um, uh, what do you call it? Oh, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't collecting Centrelink because I had a job. Wait, wait, well, In my mind, I had a job. You'd have a robo-debt by now if you hadn't been collecting uh, Centrelink. In my mind, I had a job, um, which I hadn't been paid anything for. So it sort of rolls on, and, and, and even in this process, so five months later, by then I've been made a director of the company um, because... Rod was in and out of the country flying over to talk to this, this uh, guy and the investor and you know, working out how to get the cash in and those sorts of things. Um, and he said, I just need you here to be able to sign things and sign checks and you know, deal with banking stuff when I'm away and all of those sorts of things. Well, I, look, I, I can deal with that. So formally made me a director of the company. Um, and then I remember, at, I remember it as clear as day, Dave. Like the money had just been, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then I had ridden on my bike, my motorcycle, yep. 
out to the Brisbane Entertainment Centre where the Young Talent Time reboot auditions were taking place. Hosted <laughs> right. by Rob Millsy Mills. Mm, mm. And I had managed to secure um, an interview with Millsy in his dressing room. Because, of course, the host with the most, he get, you know, had to be there and press the flesh with the, the kids who were auditioning to be performers and all of the rest of it. So I'm standing out in the car park just before I go in, and I've rung uh, the, the guy and said, look, the money, because he said the money will come in overnight, I'll get it, I'll put it in your bank account, it's done. And I've rung him and said, hey, the money hasn't arrived. And he said, yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm gutted. The, the guy said he's pulling out, we're not getting the cash. Oh, God. And I've gone... What? He said, yeah, no, look, I don't know what to do. I said, I've been working for you for six months now with the promise of money coming. You have paid me nothing. I've incurred expenses on behalf of you, on behalf of the company. I've soured a whole bunch of goodwill around this town making promises on behalf of the company and you're telling me that there's no money coming. He said, oh, you've got to see it from my position. I'm, I'm caught too. I don't know. Like, don't you even start that. Oh, no. Don't you even start that. I said, he said, I don't know what to do. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I resign. I quit. I will send you an email later today that formally ends my relationship as a director of the company. I'm not incurring any of the costs of this. Um, uh, I even had the, web, the password to get onto the ASIC website to add my name as a director. So I had to get on and then officially cancel, like you know, remove my name as a director. Um, the Monday fronted up at Centrelink applied for a job and because I'd been out of work for so long with no income they just went straight on and, you know straight on to looking for job stuff yep um, but it was diabolical Dave I think the, so that was August I think late August that year oh I forgot the kicker that was the year the second year that the Maltese ran and oh, right, yes. Second year, first year, first year that the Mulkies were in, and he was like, "Oh yeah, no, no, we'll we'll, we'll sponsor it. You know, what a great opportunity for us to promote the company." Oh, like, yeah, that's God. that's really good. Thanks, man. He said, "I said, how much do you want to sponsor?" He said, "We will cover all the costs of the party." Blah blah blah. Like, let's just work on a budget of. Uh, I said, oh, "I don't know." He said, oh, "I don't know." I said, "Oh, look, you know, I've spoken to this pretty awesome place that's new in Brisbane. That look, they'll do. I think I had a hundred people." coming and they'll do it for whatever basically the cost is going to be about 12 grand with an open bar whatever they drink blah 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 yep he said yeah, yeah let's just do that okay let's do that and we're getting closer to the time closer to the event he said you know what um let's let's do a lucky door prize and give away um uh, a week cruise for two as a part of the process <laughs> god oh like, that that would be amazing that's so great oh. thank you and then a little bit closer to the time, we said, actually, you know what? Because we'll have to do a test run um, where we'll just go out for a cruise for two or three nights, just sort of out around uh, the bay and then, you know, out around and back a bit. He said, let's let's give everybody, to, you know, a ticket <laughs> oh, on that cruise. Oh, no. Are you oh, serious? Like, yeah, we're going to have to oh, do that. God. So let, we might as well have people on there. Let's get people who are then going to come back and want to talk about it. Okay, let's do that. So I made this huge thing at the Mulkies about... You know, here's a lucky door price ticket. You know, you're going to win a cruise thanks to our sponsor, Queensland Vacation Cruises, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the kicker knowing full well that once I'd drawn a number out, oh, congratulations, blah, 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 you know, come down and kick your ass. And then it was going to be, hey, thanks, everyone. But actually, the good news is that thanks to our sponsor, everybody 
gets a ticket for this two-night cruise that's coming up. Place mm. erupts, right? The place erupts. Everyone's having an amazing time, blah, blah, blah. I'm going, yeah, what a great start. This is amazing. The Mulkies rocks. And then, so the job ends. Oh, no. And I, like, I think it only stopped about a year or two ago that people were asking me, hey, what, what happened with that cruise company? When are we getting that cruise? Oh, God. Um, oh, no. Like, can you imagine what I had to swallow? In the first instance, when all that happened, I actually emailed everyone. And said, look, guys, I'm terribly sorry to have to say this. The company that sponsored the Mulkies that offered these this prize has gone belly up. Um, and unfortunately, there will be no cruise. You know, mm. it's, I'm really embarrassed about this. I'm really sorry that it's happened. Um, I, and, and because I was a nice guy, I even tried to shield them from the pain. Like, I kind of bore the brunt of it. Um, I just felt like dirt, though. It was horrible. Horrible. Um... So, yes, I worked for this guy for whatever it was, six months, reportedly on a lot of money, and it saw none of it. Incurred a whole bunch of costs, of course, incurred a whole bunch of debt, just living and paying our mortgage, um, that I'm never going to see. In fact, when I came back to him the other, like, it was probably a year and a half, two years ago, I said, so when are you going to pay me? He said, what do you mean? I said, I worked for you for six months at, at a verbally agreed rate. When are you going to pay me? I said, well, I'm, I can't pay you. I don't have any cash to pay you. I said, well, I, and I understand that, but that's kind of not the point of thing. I was your employee. How are you going to pay me? And he's like, oh, I can't. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm just starting this new job, doing this other thing. He was like, well, so when are you paying me? And he went, how much do I owe you? Basically, it came down to this. that it was like, how much do I owe you? Right, I'll add it to the list. Oh, God. Now, so you're now just one more creditor. Yeah, yeah, I'm just on his list of people he's not going to pay money to. Stephen, that is one of the most excruciating stories I think I've heard in a long, long time that didn't end in actual bodily dismemberment. The, the, the kicker on this, Dave, is that because I'm someone who tries really hard to live an authentic life of someone who, you know, tries to be like Jesus, you know, there's forgiveness that I, I have offered in this. You know, it's kind of, well, if this is how it has to be, then this is how it has to be, God. Look, I, I hold no ill will towards him. Um, blah, blah, blah. That's it's just that's how it has to be. Um, and it took me a long time to work up to that, but I knew I needed to let go of that. Uh, and I still see him and his wife and his kids at church. And every now and then I just get this pang of, why do you have a new car? Like, when am, when am I seeing any money out of it? Even though it's like I have to let go of this, I have to not. I have to. It would be way easier, of course, if I never saw them again. But I see them every other Sunday. Oh god! And it's like, dude, this is. Well, I'll just get on with my life. Would you like some lemon juice to go over that salt that's being rubbed in oh. the wound? It's tough, man. I've got to tell you, it is oh. really something that I just have to regularly check myself on and go, no, no, look, hang on. If I've really forgiven this guy, I just need to let him. And I, and I, I tell you that story, not I try I, without any malice, right? That's just what happened and how it happened. Uh, but at the end of the day, still, that's just what happened. You know, there's no. And then a magical fairy turned up and paid him all this money, and we all got our money back. End of story. Hooray. Mm. So no, no, that's just that is, that is 
I don't think that they're turning it that way, do they? No. And it was just because, honestly, if I look at it, all of it was just because I was too trusting slash desperate for a job. Mm. And that it was this incredible little bauble of opportunity dangled in front of me. I just went, yeah, I'm going to do that. You know I'm going to do that. Well, it would it would seem crazy not to, wouldn't it? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Steve. So that hurts. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on with my life. I got to, in the end, I actually got a really great job coming out of that because that then got me. So I'm unemployed, and I think it's still a process, but don't quote me on it. Um, you can be unemployed for three months and just look for your jobs. And then if you want to stay on unemployment benefits, you still have to look for your three jobs or whatever it is, your jobs. But that also, they talk to you about getting into some kind of training course, mm-hmm. you know, to improve yeah. your chances M- of Mutual obligation. You can do yeah. training or volunteer work yeah. at some charities or, or work for the goal if you... Um, really want to be taken advantage of. Yeah, yeah. so I, I looked through the list of approved training courses and I saw there was a cert for in project management. And I went, I've been a project manager for 10 years, but I have no certification. At least if I go down that path, it's something that I can put on my resume that plays in to give me another skill that allows me to, because there was nothing, there was no IT training, no approved IT training in this list. Um, so okay, I went and, you know, did this, and it's, it's, they're meant to be full-time training courses. You ready for this? This is delightful. Mm. Um, my Cert Forum Project Management is full-time for... I'm going to say full-time for six or eight weeks. No, not we for had, Cert 4. Hey? Not for a Cert 4. Cert 4 is like a year, isn't it? Oh, look, I, no, it wasn't a year. No, it was a sizable amount of time. I think they, was, they were clocking us into it. It was only... It might have been... It might have been for, no... Might have been eight to 12 weeks, but full time. Okay, yep, gotcha. But our contact hours were one day a week. (laughs) Right. So during that time, I still had to look for a job. I had a full-time course that I was doing, but it only had Friday contact hours. So turn up, sit in class, listen to the person deliver the stuff, do all of the coursework. And of course, at the end of it, I had to deliver a full project plan following this methodology Mm-hmm. You know, all ready to go, blah, blah, blah. Now, because yep. I'd worked in IT and I'd done stuff and I knew how things worked, I just went, right, this is easy. I understand all this. This is logistics behind me. Yep, yep, yep. And thankfully, it wasn't group work. I could, you know, we all had to do our own thing. Because mm-hmm. there were, honestly, some people who were just there because they told they were told they needed to do a course. Um, and look, for, for those eight to 12 weeks, I got to meet a lot of really fun people. I also got to meet a lot of really interesting people. Um, but I did it, and then on like the last day of the course, the did lady. You, did you meet any other CTOs? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I kept that very quiet. In fact, I tried to keep it off my resume as long as I could, but then I had to explain why I didn't have a job for twelve months. Oh god! So it went back on. Mm. Um, the week before the last day of the course, she said, "Right, your assessment is due on this day. You've got to give us your project plan, which we'd all reported, you know, supposed to have been working on for the past two weeks." And come, you know, come to class, do the work, and I went, blah, 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 okay, yep. And I'd given her the draft, as she'd asked for, the, le- the, the lecturer, the trainer, given her the draft, like two weeks before the end due date, that was when she wanted it. She had a flip through it. No, sorry, because I emailed it to her at the course that week. She said, you are bang on target. 
you know, just maybe tired of this, I'd get the thing printed out, deliver it to me, done. I said, no worries at all. When do you want it? She said, well, you kind of have to turn up next week so I can mark you off. Um, but on the final week, as long as you walk in and hand me the assessment, you can turn and walk out again. Okay. So I, I went, I went, what I thought were not the extra yards, just the accepted yards. You know, I went to Officeworks, I got the thing printed out, bound, um, uh, you know, with a clear cover, hard back, spiral bound. Like, it was, it was looking the schnitz. It was good. Um, and you had to hand in an electronic copy on a USB. So I had a USB. Every IT guy has USBs lying around. So I put it on USB, walked in on the last day, handed it to her. She looked up at me and went, have a great life. You've done a great job. I can tell you now you pass. Fantastic. Thanks very much. She said the certificate will just appear in, in your mailbox. No worries. And I turn, sort of wave, see you later, everyone. There were people legitimately still working on their project plan. They didn't oh know what they were doing. Oh, no. And as I'm walking out, I hear her say to the class, she, she held it up, this is what you need to hand me at four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. That's I, got, I am not hanging around for this. See you later. <laughs> oh, um, but in, in that process, like while I'm doing it, I'd have still been applying for jobs. I got offered and accepted the job that I then went into working for the mining services company, but I still had two, three weeks of the course still to go. Mm -hmm. And I negotiated with some guys, look, for the next three Fridays, I need to go and do this so that I finish this certification because um, I think that will benefit you as much as me. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. So I start a new job and the first three Fridays, I get paid to have off to go and finish this other course. Um, that's, a nice, that's a nice turnabout from the six months beforehand then, really, isn't it? Oh, it's a kicker. <laughs> it's a hell of a kicker, let me tell you. Oh, wow. So that's that's the glory that was, I'm going to say, 2010 into 2011. Wow. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it was, it was pretty shocking. I hope it, I it, never, ever see or feel that again. It, it, he was I mean, thinking I was going to get a chance to make jokes about vomiting on a cruise ship. But yeah, yeah, no. well, you could have. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot deeper. <laughs> oh, no, it's, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's way, way down that, there. That, that is a, that's a... Good on you for actually surviving that because I think that I, that would have just about done me in. There were days when I thought it was going to. Like, I'm, I'm, here I am, a dad, um, with a then, I'm going to say, what is he now, 12? So if that's six years ago, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. <sighs> so one at school and one about to be at school. That is brutal. That oh, is so... I cannot even tell you how brutal, man. Um, but here we are. The closest thing I ever even remotely came to that was someone, again, pitching you know business opportunity to me, going, da -da 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 -da. Yeah, I've got yeah. this contact with this, uh, uh, this particular organization. They're looking to outsource their stuff. We could be their sole provider, and then we can spin that out into blah, 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 blah. And it was all really exciting because the job I was in at the moment at that time wasn't, wasn't a, a great one. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and after a couple of weeks, it became pretty apparent that this was a fizzer. And, th and that was really, really disappointing because that was something that I was pitching my hopes on. Mm -hmm. But during those couple of weeks, I still had a job and I was still getting paid. And at the end of it, when it all turned to nothing, it was a disappointment. And even that felt bad. I, I, cannot, I, I cannot even begin to imagine how that phone call felt of the, yeah, it's not happening. 
Oh, oh dude, God. I'm standing in the car park of the Brisbane Entertainment Centre on a reasonably warm winter's day. There are parents and kids dressed thoroughly inappropriately streaming into the Entertainment Centre for their auditions. I'm about to go and audition this guy who very generously had gone into bat with Channel 10 publicity to give me 10 minutes with him. Yep. And I'm supposed to be all super buoyant and happy and blah, blah, blah. So I have that call. And then I call my wife and say, um, yeah, there is no money and it's not coming. And she just about goes to the end of it, on the end of the phone. I said, look, we'll talk about this when I get home. I have to record this interview. We'll work it out. So, Millsy, uh, you're getting paid for this gig? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Do you need someone to come and be your CTO? (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, Stephen. I, I honestly, if I hadn't recorded that conversation, I would not have rem- remembered it took place. Wow. Because it, it was like, it, that was as close as I come to having those moments where you are outside your body looking down on what is taking place. Not because it was Millsy, just because of what had just gone on. To be, to be fair, pretty exciting talking to Millsy. I mean, as well. he, look, he's a pretty amazing guy. I will absolutely go there and say he's excellent. Oh, wow. Like the. <laughs> I was going to tell you all about going to see Rock Quiz last week, but it seems entirely inappropriate now. <laughs> was it good? It was amazing. It's so fun, isn't it? Oh, I was on the stage. How did you manage to be on stage? What happened? At the start, Brian came out in the foyer asking for volunteers to yeah, come yeah. over and, and, you know, do do a little bit of quizzing to see yes. uh, how it went. And I got through that. And then they yes. had a, a thing at the start where they had 24 of us. On in, stage, in yeah. Four rounds having a go. And I got through that. And then I got up and uh, got to meet. Got got to be on a team with Tex Perkins and oh. meet Adelita oh. and, and Haley Kramer. And, wow! And, and of course, uh, Julia and Brian and the band. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all very exciting. Oh, they are so amazing, aren't they? Like they as a crew, are all they're amazing. People. All wonderful people. And so it, it was a lot of fun. Hey, I got to be on stage on Spicks and Specs in oh, their final you? tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, because they they had the same kind of thing, right? As oh, part yeah, of their. Yeah. Their live event, they would get people from the crowd. I don't think they ever came to Albury just quietly. No, no, well. <laughs> so we've got, and this is this is the, the, the Hilsey, um, Miff Warhurst, um, Mr. Bro. Bro, Alan Bro, you know, world grand tour, final tour thing. Mm. And I, they knew I was there because I'd interviewed um, Adam beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that, that in itself was wonderful. And they said, look, we'll give you some tickets and come and watch the show. I'm like, really? Thank you so much. That's lovely. So I'm sitting in what felt like the nosebleeds of the Brisbane Convention Centre. Yep. And they do all of the, you know, who who can we get on stage, all that sort of stuff. And, oh, that's pretty fun, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that gets picked. And then, and then, Adam Hills goes, there's a guy in the audience tonight who some of you may not. I've gone, no, no, you don't. He said he's been always very kind to us and we'd like to involve him in the show. We can't, of course, we've given, you know, we've got all our spots locked in for the teams, but we've got something special that we want him to do. So um, if you guys can all welcome to the stage, Steve, Steve Mole. <gasps> Mate, I made it to that stage in about a half a second. Um, Zoom. Yeah, yeah, up on stage, he said, right, now, we know, we, we just want you to sit over here. So they brought out a special chair and I'm right. sitting sort of just... Everyone could see me, but behind to the side of one of the teams. And the show's going on, and I'm, I'm sort of sitting there, and he sits me down, and that sort of thing, blah, blah, blah. And 
What's the first thing you're going to do if you have nothing to do but you're sitting on stage watching this show take place? Pull out your phone and take a photo, right? Yeah, of course. So Adam is still, he's turned back to the audience. He's starting to talk about just stuff and speaks and specs and things. I've taken a photo and I'm sitting there starting to post it. And he's turned around and looked at me, just kind of was referencing something. I've caught his eye and he said, are you tweeting this? <laughs> I went, yeah. He's going, of course you are. Um, and so like this show happens and just towards the end of it, normally what they do is they get the winner out the back. But he said, we've got a special job for it. Out you go. And during the last section, I'm there in the dark with the torch and the stage manager looking at... Um, uh, basically keyboard for beginners. They had numbered keys oh, and then like a numbering awesome. sequence that you had to play on this keyboard that they then, when they wheeled it out, you're there in a cape and a wig ready to play the scene. Of course, it's the final countdown. <laughs> but like, it's, you know, uh, one, two, one, five, one, two, one, three, four, whatever, yeah, that sort of thing. Like not even musical notes, just numbers. Yeah, yeah. I've worked it out pretty quickly. He said, because, you know, some nights they said just people like, a, uh, 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 like you can't even work out what it is. Um, but I've pulled it off. I managed to make, make it happen. And then I get to the final night. I've pulled this massive, like, you know, rock and roll thing. The crowd erupts. He's fallen over on stage because he, like, didn't expect me to get, like, have any musical talent. Um, it was so much fun, Dave. So much fun. Now, here's, here's the big question. Was was Michelle with you that evening? Like, had you taken her along to the theatre with, with you? No, she was she was not interested. I took oh. another friend. So, well, because, of course, going to Rockwiz was date night for me and Rach. Yes. And we had You've seats, left her in the audience. We had seats in the front row. And when we got there, there was no one else in the front row sitting there. It was just us. Oh. And then they said, okay, the other people who are coming up on stage, up you come. <laughs> Rach is just giving me this look, just going, I'm going to be here alone by myself in the front row. Nice. But at least you can look at each other the whole night, right? <laughs> well, thankfully, some more people showed up and... Uh, and uh, yeah, Rach did get referenced during the show. So all of a sudden, people sort of uh, figured out who she was. And so she was getting uh, apparently lots of encouraging pats on the back every time uh, Julia pointed out some of my deficiencies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that, well, I, have, I have to say that uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Julia Zamiro is both my and my wife's hall pass. <laughs> she's, she's all sorts of amazing. She's fantastic. No, it was, it's good, good fun. But kind of, you know. Kind of pales in insignificance you know, next to. Um... <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm still no, gutted Rockwiz for awesome. you. No, no, I'm gutted. For, I'm sorry, I still can't get past the oh, cruise. Don't. Oh god. Oh. I, I, I don't think I will truly understand the full impact of that whole period and what went on. Um, I mean, it was brutal. I feel that, and I think back to some of that times, some of those times. And look, because I was employed but you know we still hadn't had a block there was only so much you could prepare right yeah so it wasn't like i'm sitting there going well let's employ people and do stuff it's like no no well we, we can get plans in place and start to i'd taken meetings with um kpmg who were going to be our accountants um and the hr people and all. I'd, I'd had all sorts of meetings man um and was just ready to go oh. but wow I look back and go, man, some of that was amazing as opportunity and some of that was amazing as balls that I just backed myself with what turned out to be a fictional cruise company. Um, and yeah, some of it was, I have no idea how we put food on our plate. 
That is just unbelievable. That's a big one, Stephen. It's going to take me some uh, some time to process that one. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I've that's, had a few years to process it, so that's no worries at all. That's, that, that's, that's huge. Wow. So, now that you have a job. Yes. <laughs> and the cars. Well, look, what else is happening for you at the moment, buddy? Oh. Like, like, like what, what, you know, have, have things gone back to like a bit of a less crazy state like are you got some of your weekends back or is it still just oh no my my calendar is rapidly filling i think i I, if i was to have a look at it now i think it's full till the end of august um and that includes at least every other weekend um and a week and a half probably nearly two week trip to north queensland um i've got there's a weekend an entire weekend that i'm speaking at a church down on the gold coast that includes four separate sessions. Um, so I need to make sure I've got four separate but related things to say. Wow. Um, now, two of them are probably already written, or mostly, like I could massage one and the other one is a done deal. Um, one of those four things is me having dinner with some leaders and just sort of having a Q&A session with them. Um, before you reach to pay for the bill for that one, Steve, can you just check your expense account? It's good to go because I don't like, I don't like the thought of, the, of that happening twice. Yeah, well, look, the benefit is that I work for what I think is now the fifth biggest church in Australia. So, Oh, well, Steve, that, that can't possibly be true because I saw in the Daily Telegraph the other day that Islam is now the second biggest religion in Australia. So how could you possibly be the fifth? Man, I was I was really amazed actually, just with the census data coming out and some, you know, some pretty red hot takes coming on things. Um, the the I don't know if it was indirect, and for one of the things that I heard, I heard it secondhand, so I can't speak with authority on it. But stuff that kind of feels like this sort of g- g- gentle Islamophobia, you know, or what happens when you know Islam is the the biggest religion in Australia? So well. If that becomes the case, congratulations. And, like, and, and, and let's hope that they can reflect on the tolerance that, that they were shown when they yes. were a, a minority and reflect that back rather well, than, ha-ha. Even if, even if Islam, as of the last sentence, even if Islam is the second biggest religion in Australia, um, and I don't know quite how that measures because... <laughs> You know, they were making noises about how no religion has overtaken Catholicism as the largest religion in Australia, um, as of the census. Which I think, honestly, is indicating the decline of the church, and I don't, I, I'm not going to fight those figures. Um, but we all know that the 2016 census sample is absolutely spoiled, given everything that went on around its collection. So... Can, can I be blunt? I still think that the... Uh that there's a lot of people ticking the Catholic box on there who haven't been to church in a decade. Either. Oh, mate, so, same with the United Church. I can all but guarantee that if, because there's, we, it's a double banger for Christians this year, Dave. We've got the census results coming out and we've got a thing called the Natu- National Church Life Survey, which also happens every five years. Um, oh, no, because the census is every 10, isn't it? No, six. Six. So every five years, there's the National think, yes. Church Life uh, Survey, the NCLS. And it yeah, is just open to to Christian churches, funnily enough. Um, but it's that kind of censusy question stuff mm. around church. And for people who run churches, it gives you an excellent 
both eagle-eye view and a granular view on what's happening in churches and, and what's what what the people think is working and isn't working because it's totally anonymous. Um, all you get is the, the granularity of this person goes to this congregation um, and their age and their gender. Funnily enough, on the NCLS, you can only be male or female. There was no other options. Um, my mm. very progressive... My, mm. that, that got the progressive itch on my um, feeling bone happening pretty quickly, let me tell you. Um, I kind of went, well, what, what, what if you're not identifying as male or female? Oh, I'll just move on. It's a conversation I can't have right now. Um, and when you, when you get those, that data and you match it in with the, the, um, the, the census data, see, there was a few roles. It's the 40th anniversary of the United Church this year. Um, Australia's only... It's, well, Australia's first um, mainline denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, so 40 years ago, the some of the Presbyterian Church, Congregational Church and the Methodist Churches all went, yes, we think this is a good thing, let's get together. The sad news for the Uniting Church is that in our 40th year, we are one-third the size we were at Union. Wow. And thanks to the NCLS data, we know that in Queensland, of the congregations that responded, because not all of them did, but most of them did, um, and just to really screw the results for us nationally, um, the entirety of the Victorian and Tasmanian Uniting Churches didn't take part right. in NCLS. Because right. it's optional, it costs yep, some yep. money. Mm-hmm. So we can't get a full national picture on the Uniting Church. Thanks, jerks. Um, 49% of people who go to Uniting Churches in Queensland are age 70 or older. So if you wanted to be really cynical, in 10 years' time, half the church dies. Mm. Yep. Now we're already a third of the size we were at Union. We... We should have a talk about demographics and service clubs at some point oh, because yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm, reti- I'm retiring from Apex uh, this uh, next month actually yes. I'm retiring, uh, having re- hit the handover and I'm 40 and I'm going to be a traditionalist and and mm. um, pack up. But uh, uh, Apex Rotary Lions. There are dozens and dozens of other service organisations mm. who are all going away as well, and I think they're facing some similar pro- uh, problems to uh, to the churches. To be honest with you, but I, I think that's we'll save that one up for another day. Yeah. I, well, yes, Dave. Let us have another adult conversation at another time when yes. you are less amazed. Well, yeah. Oof. And and when I don't have to run away, and I'm going to Melbourne next week for uh, mm. for uh, R- Rupert's got a. a the Junior State Championships nice. for, for hockey. Awesome. So he will be he will be goalkeepering uh, through the week, and I will be standing on the sidelines, freezing. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know what we need to plan to do, Dave, what? is we need to plan to actually meet in real life. Well, well, listen, I I do have a caravan, Stephen, and and, and I've even got around to getting organised to get it registered. Nice. So, uh, at some point, I think uh, we might just drag drag this uh, big box north, and we'll catch up. Oh, mate, come to Queensland in winter, like we're wearing t-shirts. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about that. Awesome. I'll catch you later. Cheers, man. I love you, Steve. Love you too.